Yes, hi, hey, hello, g'day, and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we catch up on the last couple of rounds, Adelaide away in a well-overdue win over the Raw. We catch up with Mariners midfield maestro, Benny N. Cololo. And of course, we answer your questions. I'm Pete, and I'm joined by Luke and Moz. Fellas, fellas, Moz, Luke, how are we? Not bad. Bad. Just bad. trying to dance like Penny. Because <laughs> I hear he's a good dancer. <laughs> little Birdie tells us that he has all the moves. Of course, that little Birdie being Noah Smith, uh, who loves to slide into our DMs from time to time. Uh, some of the best fan questions uh, we've ever come across. We love all your questions, of course. Uh, but Noah seems to have the inside word. Uh, fellas, it has been a red hot minute since we've been able to do this. But you know what time it is. It's time. For a winning pod! Maybe. It's, oh, yes. it's literally been 84 years. <laughs> it's been a red hot minute. Um, I actually had to double check on the on the mixer which button to press for the air horn there because I was worried I was going to get the cash register on the swear jar here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, good to break the hoodoo. Of course, our first win over the Raw in a long time. First win over the Raw at home in what seems to be an age. Um, and what a result. We will come to it later. But first, of course, we dive into it with Fred's question. Fred this week asks... We seem to be seeing out games fitness-wise, but we have tended to drop off towards the end mentally. What do you think could change? Well, I I think I think Fred's right in terms of the fitness stakes there. Sorry about the husky voice, but you're going to have to put up with that. Hope it's not COVID. Um, I I do think though that we have dropped off a little bit. I don't know if it's mental. Maybe it is a little bit mental. Um, I'm going to say yes. There is a bit of that there. Um, but I've, I've got to say, I feel like some of the changes and the timing of those changes have also played a role here. Sorry, Monty. And uh, I don't know, just example, in the game on the weekend, I felt that uh, if we wanted to make changes, it was a good time to try and hang on to the ball. Um, but we didn't bring players on who I felt were the type of players who might hang on to the ball, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I think there's definitely a, a bit of mental to it what do we change i think we we probably back ourselves a little bit more um or or maybe that's hard to because the players are young and and you know i think that is uh uh the the other side of monty's contribution to it that with the players being so young then it is easy for them to um uh lose confidence or lack confidence in those key moments when they come um so what can we change i think we can have a think about um what our changes are during games and um hopefully one of the biggest things that'll change is that we when we get a win like we did on the on uh, the weekend then we will gain some confidence and that might be the change that we need yeah that's what i was going to say i think i think it's a hundred percent in a mental thing in the last three or four weeks when we don't have to about that much because it's much pain uh but when we've conceded like goals uh i think it definitely became a mental thing much like the whole missing the penalties back in the day from uh McCream when he had the yips in front of goal and we ended up having matty ryan taking penalties and all this sort of stuff i think it, i think it's it was very similar to that and we we're at the point where we know 
in the last sort of five or ten minutes, um, I think we were almost getting used to it. I think hopefully after the weekend, although it wasn't very pretty, uh, I'm leaning towards that change will come because now that we've actually done it, we've proven to ourselves that we can hold on to a lead, like I said, although not very pretty. Um, hopefully that will help with some of the younger boys as well. But with you, Moz, as well, I think one of the things that, you know, I guess last season we were trying to look for things to criticise early on when things were going well, and we criticised Stadge of his use of the substitutions in some games. And I feel like we're at that same point now with Monty. Although the results aren't as good as what they were last season, some of the substitutions are leaving me scratching my head a little bit. I would, I would hasten to say there that we don't know everything that's going on in the background. And when COVID hits us and the fitness things that happen associated with that, then uh, just maybe we can't bring players on that we think we can bring on when we think we can bring them on and that kind of thing. So, so I'm not really having a crack at Monty there. I'm just sort of observing that I felt, I guess, in this game, for example, that um, we brought on players who were fast and um, that kind of thing. But I guess for me, I wondered whether or not uh, Cy would have been a good substitute to make because if we get him the ball, then he's likely to keep it. And not only is he likely to keep it, but he does that thing that Benny does where he does a few turns here and there and all our blokes run up another five metres and they run back another five metres. And, and just those times while we hold the ball, push them back and give us a bit more safety. So... Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of possible reasons, um, but but yeah, that's that's what I'd say. Yeah, and like I don't want to look for excuses too much, but I, I did I did talk to one player um, a few weeks ago now uh, and asked about the whole COVID thing and sort of how he felt after he had it and how sort of some of the squad felt, and he did say that it, you know, for the most part it was okay. But once once you got into that sort of uh, the best way to put it, that sort of exertion phase where you you were sort of about to hit your sort of 100%, where you were at before at 100%, you were probably at about 80 or 85. So it, it sort of had an effect, you know, which I don't know, but could explain maybe some of those very late goals, just a lack of concentration. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But, but it is that little bit of an impact there? But, you know, in saying that, most of the leaguers had COVID, so I don't think we can be using that as our as our number one excuse. But hopefully, after the weekend, uh, the mental hoodoo has been lifted. Not only are we conceding late goals, but hitting Brisbane, who were ranked, and how like I don't know if it is or not. It has to be almost one of the longest records in the league for not being a team, surely. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's seemingly gone on forever for us and uh, mm. it's, it's, it is nice to break that because those are the kind of things that start to do, start to give confidence. In this game where it felt, I don't know if it's time to talk about this game, but um, I felt they had a bit of a negative approach and um, uh, so, yeah, that, that plays into the whole sort of thing as well um, of us you know, getting a couple of goals, getting up and ahead and, and then... Um, uh, perhaps being a bit um, concerned about holding the league. Um, yep. so, and uh, we've also never lost to Brisbane after being 2-0 up. So what a great result for the yeah, boys. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Just having a look at the statistics against Brisbane, of course, um, Central Coast Mariners uh, leading goal scorer against Brisbane, Adam Kwasnick, shared out Quasi, just a random one there. Um, 
we've actually beaten Brisbane, and this shocked me, more times at Suncorp than we have at Central Coast Stadium. Does, that does not surprise me. <laughs> out of the out of the twenty seven games we've played up at Suncorp, we've beaten them five times, drawn seven, and lost fifteen. Central Coast Stadium played twenty seven, won three, <laughs> drawn six, and lost eighteen. When they said that statistic you just mentioned at our stadium on, during the replay of the game, I was watching. I was like, "Wow!" I had no idea it was even that bad. Like. That, that is a hell of a statistic. It, it probably is a worldwide record, so it is nice to break it, I tell you. Yeah, last win against them uh, came up there, in fact, on the 12th of April, 2014, a 2-0 win. That was the, I think we were discussing this on the weekend too, that was the Anthony Caceres. And Fitzy. I'm from outside the box mm-hmm. and Fitzy goal. We're not, we're not helping them in this game. Then we, they found it difficult or the crowd found it difficult to drag themselves into the game, I felt. It wasn't a big crowd, of course, but I felt it was hard for the crowd to get into the game. And so then once we got a couple of goals, then the crowd did, you know, um, groan a couple of times and murmured a couple of times, but nothing too much. But then as the moment that we looked like we might be a little bit edgy, then the crowd, I tell you, I was having a heart failure in the stand. So, and I was looking around and thinking, I hope we don't need a defibrillator up here because I'm probably not the only one. And uh, yeah, it was hard to do. It's, I left there feeling like I played in the second half. <laughs> of course, the last win against them at home came on the 17th of March 2013, a 1 0 win there. That counter, of course, now resets to uh, zero games since last loss against Brisbane. Yes. We deserve a trophy. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit indeed. We are going to go back, rewind to last weekend down in Adelaide. Firstly, of course, Luke um, Payne. What do we call this? Do we call it we call it the Melbourne and Adelaide tour of pain or is it we <laughs> Melbourne and Adelaide tour of pain, house of pain. Um, we, we, I, I, I feel like we need some kind of a name for it because do, do what we did makes some real doing to go and see three away games in seven days uh, and be royally stitched, stitched up in one and then walking away from walking away from the other two wanting to punch a hole in the wall. Oh, completely, Sorry. completely shafted. Of course, in Adelaide, um, the, the one game that I was most confident about out of those three down there, going down 2-1 in the end. Of course, it was our man, Benny and Kilolo, who scored the opener in the 35th minute, leaving us all feeling very confident. Um, plenty of apologies were abound in the away bay at that point in time. Boise, of course, you grabbing me and screaming in my face, apologize now, apologize. <laughs> And I did, uh, <laughs> but um, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, your French is better than mine. <laughs> I think we'll that's that Italian, out. actually. I think so, that's Italian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I dare say, yeah, even still, Boise's French is probably better being that he can <laughs> I dare say that we'll find that out later too. <laughs> Adelaide equalising in the 52nd and grabbing the winner with virtually the last kick of the game in the 92nd minute from Aaron Kunda. Pain is pretty much the only way I can describe that two hours. 
It's kind of the, the most painful thing is has for me, and it wasn't the traveling because I didn't do it. You guys did. I still um, wanted to be there, but um, in a way I was glad I wasn't, although I don't think it would have been that much less painful. Um, but we are playing some great football at times, and that's one of the most frustrating things, that um, if we could just sort of, you know, get that level of consistency with that level of football, then I think we can really be competitive uh, at, the, at the other end of the league than we were facing over the weekend. So, um, and, you know, a good example of that, I think, is uh, the combination that got us um, there on the weekend also got us there in Adelaide mm-hmm. uh, with um, uh, Cummings and uh, and Kalolo doing the damage. Uh, another good assist there. Um, and the class from Cummings. I know. Oh, Ber- Berbatov esque. Yeah. Oh, yeah that, and that's that's a tough one to do. So um, and the finish was equally as good. And um, if I'm not too old and too COVID, then uh, it was a right footed finish. Um, which some of us have feared Benny might not have much of, um, but I think he's proving that one wrong rapidly. Um, so, yeah, that's been the hardest part for me is that we actually have looked good. At, uh, in this game, we looked good. In other games, we've looked good, but we walk away without the points. You can come up with a dozen reasons. Some we've mentioned ad infinitum referees, <laughs> um, but, um, but, yeah, late goals. Yeah, I think I think the word used earlier on there Aaron, was we play some Great football, and I know you wanted me to be argumentative, but I'm not going to do this on purpose. But um, I, <laughs> I would probably downgrade that what you just said then and say we had some good football. I don't know if I'd say great, um, but you know, I know you could probably look at our defense on a couple of things. The Adelaide first goal, uh, for memory, was Brigitte losing the ball, trying to distribute it. Uh, in a very silly way, and I know I'm on the Birgitty distribution train because you know, it's bad. Are you the driver? Frank, I think I'm the driver. I'm the driver, the captain, all the passengers, <laughs> and I'm slowly getting more and more people on board. His distribution is not good, and he gives it away more than not. And in that game, he tried to do something that he really shouldn't have. Gave it away very sloppily, and then uh, from memory, it led straight to a corner for them. Then the goal. So mm-hmm. um, these little things in our defence, I, I, I feel like overall we're defending very well. Then there's these little things like that, and there's the little things like in the last couple of minutes where all of a sudden Ben Hall is inside the box, and after the scramble, the lead up to the winning goal, finds himself having to mark two players and. And our left back is nowhere to be seen. It's, it's these, these sort of little things that are really costing us. And when you look at it overall, I feel like, you know, we are defending quite well. I think there's there's in times when we're actually playing it out from the back and we look we actually look quite smooth. I think there's there's some okay lead up there that is into the midfield, having this bit in the midfield the last few games. I think we've seen that is his ability in there to get the ball and to turn on it. Um, I think is something that adds a lot to our midfield. Um, you know, maybe even something that we didn't really have last season when we had when we had Bazanic um, and Gianni in there. They sort of neither of them are really known for that. I don't think. Well, they can't really do it as well as what Newsford does. I think. Um, I think Bazanic needs to pick up a bit of that sort of dirty work that Gianni used to do to sort of let Nisbet. Um, sort of do his thing 
there's, there's some good stuff there that leads up to the final third, but our final third overall still has a bit of work that uh, needs to be done. I think that it's, it's a little bit, there's not a lot of cohesiveness in there, I don't think, at times. I'd agree with that, with the exception of the Benny and Cummings combination, though, that's coming along. Can I just say, just because I love to do this, that uh, Dan Hall in the scoring of, I think it was their second goal, um, surely that is a foul. Um, and I'm not going to describe exactly where the bruise was that Dan Hall got from being kicked, um, because this is a PG-rated podcast. But <laughs> as far as I was concerned, Dan Hall copped one in the um, some place that hurts, and uh, then they scored after that foul had been committed. And I don't know the VAR. <laughs> yeah, enough said <laughs> about the VAR. <laughs> I don't want them, <laughs> so I can't really say that they should have overturned that, can I? Uh, let's 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 not talk about VAR. I'm still I'm still questioning how VAR went back and overturned a penalty that was outside the box in the Sydney derby after our game on Saturday night. But that is a whole show unto itself. Uh, <laughs> Adelaide was the house of pain. Let's move on. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's move on to absolute uh, bliss and unbridled joy, um, tempered with you know. It was an ugly win, but it was a win. It was three points. It was the hoodoo broken. It was Central Coast Mariners two, Brisbane one. Of course, the man himself, Benny Encololo, opening the scoring once again. The Encololo and Cummings combination bearing fruit, and another tidy finish from Benny. Wow! Like the 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 play before this is us bringing it out of defence. Beerus manages to to pass it to us. And um, from there, we, we wind our way up the field uh, with some nice one-touch stuff. Uh, uh, we up the right-hand side, uh, Cummings picks it up, comes back on the inside, and it doesn't, there's not apparently anything on it, but Benny knows there's something on and is making the run. And then the ball falls exactly where Benny needs it, and it's just asking him to finish it tidily like that um, first time. And, uh, and Benny then, you know, has the... Um, quality there to not try and rip the roof out of the net, but to just guide it at the far post. Um, and uh, I think it was you, Boise, uh, previously mentioned to me about letting it bounce rather than trying to take it on the volley, which was was clever. And um, that's a great finish. It, you know, it's, it's not uh, ripping the net apart. It's not scorching. It's none of that, but it's what you've got to do to get the ball over the line in that moment. So quality from Cummings and quality from Benny. Um and then, because uh, I love this sort of stuff, then Benny runs off over towards the uh, western side and um, doing these ones. Love the it. Old badge tap. Oh, you exactly. Love tap. You know what I think about that? <laughs> love a badge tap. Six, six games into your career with a club. Great. <laughs> <laughs> he has been he has been dubbed by some as uh, Thierry Benry. Wow. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going against that. <laughs> All for it All as for it. Uh, as. As the president and the chairman of the Niakololo fan club, uh, I will approve. Yep. Yeah. I am the entire board, um, so I second that approval. Yes. Guys, just Literally, before we go any further, talking about the Benny Ancololo fan club, um, yes. I do uh, have to apologise once again. And I do have a 1,500-word statement prepared um, for a full apology, uh, <laughs> which I will read now. <clears throat> No, I won't really. Uh, we'll, we'll actually dedicate an entire episode to that separately. Um, but if, <laughs> it's your homework. Um, it's your homework. If, if, if you could maybe send me an application form to the Benny and Kalolo fan club, please. We can do that, can't we, Boise? Although that we may have run out oh, yeah. of forms, I think, this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be a lot, of, 
I need some more ink in the printer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Look, Benny has a style about him that is, you know, sometimes looks a bit awkward. And um, I think it's the fact that he's got legs about twice as long as his, the, his entire height. Um, but somehow that awkwardness even, it, it, it just it, it bamboozles his opponents. It um, puts him in places uh, where he can reach things that other people can't. Um, and so there is that. But the thing that I've liked um, as much about Benny as his goal scoring is the fact that every time we come out of defence and we find Benny, then he doesn't, uh, if we're not on the fast break, then he holds onto the ball and he brings our team forward by holding onto the ball. Players don't want to jump in on him, perhaps because of those long legs and um, the way he dribbles nice and close. And so every time that happens, then we, we make time for ourselves and we, we push them back, whoever they are, and uh, we pull ourselves forward. And um, I think that's a really good quality that he brings to us. Um, he's also a defender, um, which some of our other uh, midfielders haven't been. I'll leave that one there. And uh, we need that. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying watching him, that's for sure. I don't like to toot my own horn too much, or maybe I do. I'm... I'm not sure. Um, literally, literally never doubted him. Okay. Me either. Um, from 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 what I saw in FFA Cup games, in that first game of the season against Newcastle, and I know that's one sort of league game, but I I saw more than enough. I thought see, there is a footballer in there for his work going forward. He worked hard defensively, and. You work hard enough, you might you might not have to necessarily be the most skillful player in the side to have an impact. And he's probably not the most skillful player in the side. But he works his backside off and he's got himself in the right positions. And I think the thing that he has shown, um, you know, with the goal he scored in the City game, first touch over the top of his head and then to beat a couple of the defenders, that's you know, that's some great skill. And then the run that he made on the weekend, he saw it coming as a drop for line and had picked up the ball. He saw that the ball was on. He made sure he looked across the line. He stayed on side. He made the perfect run. He let it bounce sort of way in the bottom corner. Everything about that goal was perfect from Cummings and from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think people realise the extent of the injury that he actually picked up. Like, I mean, he, like he practically fractured his ankle. Mm. Like, not two games into the season. So it was, that was a fair bit to come back from. And, you know, yes, when he came come back, he was a little bit rough and he, you know, I think <laughs> miss <laughs> missing the cup final uh, stayed with a few people for a while. Um, and he, he, he had a bit of redemption to do after that. I think he's done more than that. Um, and yeah, I think, I think you as good there, Moz, and whether you want to say it or not on, on the other side, more, uh, he doesn't do the defensive work. He hasn't got the speed to go forward and he hasn't got the speed to get back. Whereas he has both and he does both. That's that's why I think he he at the moment he's adding plenty to the team in that position, and it's hard to make an argument right now to say that Niz should go back on a wing unless him up there for Muller. Then we have sort of the same issue we had in the midfield. That's sort of what we did earlier. But I, mean, I think at the moment having is in the midfield, having Kalolo on either wing because he can do both. Um, is working great, and and I'm stoked for Benny. Yeah, and I, I don't want to bang on about Benny entirely in this game because he wasn't the only player in it, and Muller's free kick was good. Um, but a couple what? of other, <laughs> a couple of other moments, the Benny should have had an assist. 
had Cummings been as switched on as Benny was for Benny's own goal, then Cummings would have put that um, that ball that uh, Benny put across in. Um, and so Benny's making himself available all the way to the opposition byline. But at the same time, another moment I saw was Benny picking the ball up in our own uh, back corner and calmly holding on to it, waiting till the player that he was going to one-two with um, was in position to, to take the ball and then calmly making a five-metre pass straight to the feet of the player so that he could run away with it when we needed to be able to get out of defence. And so he is... He is up and down. He is offering himself everywhere, and that is fantastic. On the other side, then, yeah, it's hard to say that Muller is offering anything in behind, um, and he's not necessarily coming to the ball like I thought he might either. So it's, at, at times it's hard to see exactly what he is offering to his midfield. Um, and lastly, I guess on Benny, back in that Blacktown game, then to me, between him and Farrell, he got in behind uh, on that left-hand side a couple of times. And that really sort of, to me, showed what he uh, can deliver for us. So, um, yeah, good times for Benny. Yes, hello and welcome to the Benny and Kalolo fan podcast. Uh- <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> of course, uh, we have uh, we have mentioned him, Nikolai Muller, bagging his first goal for the club uh, from just outside the 18-yard box. Um, deceiving the keeper, it did get a touch of good fortune on the way through a pretty wicked deflection, but geez, it was, it was traveling. And um, one thing that you guys might have noticed um, was the shithousery from the cum dog uh, just off to the side of the wall who was blocking. I'm, I'm not too sure whose head it came off, but he was blocking their view. Um, and then it's just rocketed off their head into, uh, <laughs> into the bottom corner. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's nothing like a bit, good bit of shithousery. I even feel like while it wasn't maybe direct shithousery, the presence of Ollie and all of those left foot uh, free kicks that have come from Ollie recently in the, in itself was a you know minor piece of shithousery because I was sitting there thinking, you know what, this one's for Muller, their position in that wall or for Boz. And sure enough, there there it goes. And they were, they couldn't really cope, could they? And that, that, yeah. that defender helped it out. Yeah, yeah, big time. And if you watch it back as well, the keeper steps that way, expecting the shot from Ollie, um, which, again, takes it away from him even further. So, um, yeah, props to Nico. It was a, it was a solid hit. And um, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's a valuable goal because it's got us a valuable three points. That was, was a horrible free kick. It was a hole before a kick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was going straight at the keeper if it did not get that huge head deflection. I'm more than happy to give the cum dog 95% of that goal and give 5% to Muller because if it wasn't for him being there and being a massive head in the ass. Uh, I don't think the Brisbane player sort of reacts the way that he doesn't get such a massive touch on it. But for me, if you watch the replay from behind, it's going straight at the keeper for me. But, he hit it hard enough and it went in, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's a good goal. It. I'll take it. <laughs> I love this. Take it. I love this disagreeable Boise. This is fantastic. It's fun, isn't it? it is. I don't like I don't want to sound like I'm harping on Bullard because he's he's obviously a quality footballer. He's got so much experience. He's in the Bundesliga. He's but the reality is, is that he hasn't, you know, he was at the Wanderers, he didn't play a lot. Um and I, I, I just don't think he's a winger. I don't think he's a winger. And if he's not a winger, I don't know where he fits in mm. in our current formation. Mm. Yeah, that's, I'd agree with that. Makes it hard. I found it a bit bizarre that some felt that he was a potential man of the match in this game. I didn't really see that at all, um, to be honest. Um, no, and I, yeah. 
the, the one thing that I've found frustrating about his play is that he often has an opportunity to make a pass, but actually tries to run around his uh, go around the player in front of him and loses a ball. And that um, that's okay, you know, do that once, but vary it up, um, make those balls, give those balls to those blokes who are uh, making the run. Um, so. Yeah, he's still got a fair bit of work to do to impress me too, even though it's I'm not as peeved about him as Boise. <laughs> <laughs> it was there was just a lot of frustration from me towards well uh, in that game on the weekend. There was there was a few times when Jacob Farrell had the ball and he had about thirty meters to the closest player, and watching some of the replay, whenever Farrell got the ball, it was like Wes Muller. It was like sort of playing with Waldo, but with Buller. It was he was he was nowhere near it. He was up the top, holding hands with Cummings. He was I don't know, would have been a bit of a tactic, maybe try and draw some of the Brisbane players away from Frail to maybe let Frail attack the wing, um, sort of more on his own, maybe. But it, it wasn't really working. And I think, like you said before, Pitt, I think in the FFA Cup game, uh, Neo and Farrell they combined really well in that. Town game, there was sort of some sort of signs there, sort of early on, and I think when when Farrell's got somebody to play off who who has a bit of speed um, and he can play sort of one twos with, I think he'd be much more useful going forward. But with Muller there, I'm sorry, but he just hasn't got the speed to work up or to work back. Can't disagree with that. And uh, word in there for Faz, that kid just keeps going and going and going, and yeah, he, he's a fan. Socceroos, anyone? Oof, the, the wild Socceroos call. Well, I, like do, I, I mean, I like in, getting in the system anyway. I mean, he's he's playing above his experience anyway, put it that way. Cap him. Yeah. Cap him. He does, he, he, he does make me a little bit nervous. He does really need to work on his discipline a little bit. He's mm. more yellow card and uh, he misses another game, uh, which is eight yellow cards in 12 games, I think, if he gets one on Wednesday. Yeah. Right? So that's that's not ideal um and uh, he's he's still making a few mistakes that you would rather him not i think more often than not he's proving that um he belongs at this level so i think the best thing is, is that you can see he's got plenty to work on and he's still been as good as he has been yeah, I agree. And I think that um, that stuff about yellow cards, it was. Pro- I like Liam Rose a lot, but I would have whinged on a podcast a few years back when Liam Rose didn't take out um, a player who then subsequently scored. And sometimes in the back four, the best play is to take him out. There is no other play. Take him out for the team. And uh, so when you're young, that's one of the hardest things to do, I suspect. Um, not that I'd know because my defending is horrendous. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm enjoying watching his progression and seeing that to me, he's just playing above his experience. He's, he's very inexperienced, but, um, there's something there and, 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 and I think he's got a massive future. Can we speak about the elephant in the room? Marco Urania. Good Discuss. I you feel like go first, Pete. I've got some things there. I feel Definitely. like, I, I feel like he looks a bit lost at the moment with coming in the side. Definitely not his finest at the weekend, um, and you'd you'd hope that your strike is having more than than one shot or one effort on goal a game and winning more than zero percent of their duels um, that they're going up for. Um, which I mean, the stats in themselves are, are fairly telling. Maybe didn't get great service, but by the same token, is is. 
didn't really seem to make anything happen. He, you know, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him an off day, a bad day at the office, but don't want to see that happening too often. I love the guy and I love having him at the club, but Boise's right. There's something going on there. The last few games before this game, then what was bothering me was that he seemed to be turning into players, um, which I couldn't really understand or um, trying to make short passes and not being able to make those passes um, and and not just doing it once either, doing it more than one time. And, and in this particular game on the weekend, then to me, it looked like he was playing a lot deeper than in some of the other games, or at least he was coming a lot deeper to get the ball. And and uh, so combine that with not necessarily making the ball, the next ball to the player um, that he was intending to make it to. And, and yeah, I've noticed that he's certainly not been in form in the last sort of month, but I'd have to say uh, he got himself up a fair bit of credit with me before that. So I love him in the team. I, I wonder whether or not we're doing something or play, putting him in a position now that Cummings is there that has changed the way that he fits and that's not necessarily working. Well, I mean, we saw last season how many assists did Marco get off, maybe off the top of my head, around eight maybe, eight or nine, something like that. Mm. Um, off the top of my head this season, maybe one or two max, maybe. And I think what we've seen since Cummings has been in squad, um, you know, Cummings played a vital part in the lead-up to the goal, the City game, was Anik's goal. Um, you know, Cummings got the assist in Adelaide for Benny, got the assist on the weekend. So we're kind of seeing Cummings do what Marco sort of did last season as well as score a couple of goals. So if that's going to happen, what's Marco's role? If Marco's not going to get assists, then he has to score goals. And he's not necessarily scoring goals for fun either at the moment. He did score at a World yeah. Cup, though, you know. <laughs> he, did, he did knock out a minnow, I have heard. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, if, if I, don't, I don't necessarily have a solution or <laughs> something that... Um, we, we can rectify that with because we know how he is. But if, like I said, if he's if he's not assisting and not scoring, then what's his role? One yeah, thing just, that did uh, did interest me in the last twenty minutes of the game was the uh, the Sakenis Cummings combination. Actually, first we've seen of Damo um, back on the pitch after um, yeah after seemingly being not selected for the last few rounds, but he looked hungry. He did, and maybe that is uh, Monty's way of testing whether or not Marco can step it up um, because in some of those key moments, Marco has uh, missed uh, some quality, I think. The goalkeeper came out for um, a, a moment in this game and came out too far, and I really genuinely thought Marco could curl that ball around over the keeper and into the net from outside the box out near the corner post there um, or at least go close, but instead he just kicked it straight into the guy in front of him. And I think that kind of, for me, sums up the difference in Marco from last year to this year. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, so is, is uh, Sakanis' reappearance um, what we do to sort of put pressure on um, the, the squad and uh, make sure that we, uh, um, you know, uh, got competition there that we need to have? So I did like that, although it's really hard to measure how these players coming on in those situations are going because we were virtually running backwards at that time. Well, thankfully, we've never thrown away a 2-0 lead to Brisbane ever. 
ever uh, historically I've, I've checked every record and it just hasn't happened um yeah. because we did have to grind pretty hard for the last 30 or so minutes of the game yeah we did but we did it and so I, i'm willing to you know accept that it was perhaps as much my uh, nervousness as it was the players in this case although i think you know it was a bit the players as well um hopefully you know that is is what can boost us for coming wednesday we'll need it i'm not gonna lie i was i was bricking it absolutely bricking it for the last 20 (laughs) 20 minutes or so i was thinking it's it's, it's adelaide again it's adelaide all over again um it's perth away it's perth at home all over again it's macarthur all over again it's just i couldn't cope there's there's a a few things in there as well like we spoke about earlier with the substitutes we talked about the whole noah smith thing What, what why what is happening there? Why are we bringing on Noah Smith in the dying stages players? What appears to be a winger, a left winger, when uh, mm. we have when we have Simon on the bench, like I think you referenced earlier, Moz. And when he is on the bench, he's really good on the ball. Uh, he can play a pass. It's his natural, you know, sort of position. I, I'm not keen on this whole throw the fast guy on for the last sort of 15 minutes and see what happens mm. um, because there was a couple of moments there where I thought, Noah, what are you doing? <laughs> Sends good questions, but it, it still makes me a little bit concerned about some of the some of the substitute sort of decisions we're making. And even the starting 11, it's not a very, it's not much of a voting confidence for Storm Brew that Monty wants to start Ben Hall at right back. Then start ruining in centre back, and uh, I've I've been sort of indifferent on my opinion for on Storm, but I thought when he come on on the weekend when he went into right back he did good last sort of fifteen minutes or so. There's nothing there that was sort of glaringly wrong. Um, I, I'm, I'm I don't know why Monty wouldn't start him at right back and then at centre back. You know, for me, that's what Storm's there for. One thing I thought on that was potentially Monty saw that as the game for, for Ruan uh, to play himself back into form. You know, you're taking on bottom of the table. I know it's a risk, you know, it was 11 v 12 at the time. Um, you're breaking up, a, you know, what's been a pretty quality centre-back pairing there. Um, but it's, it's firstly very hard to drop Dan Hall based on his performances. We know he can play right back. We've seen him play there in the past. Um, and like I said, a, have we? A, yeah. Once, I guess, against us. Uh, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he actually made his debut at right back. He did he? make Come his on. debut at right back, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, also, like I said, a chance for, for RT to play himself back into form, potentially, because he's had a rough start to the season, as we have lamented several times on the show. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. he had an okay game. I'm not going to say he was great. But I do think it was good um, that he had that opportunity to start to play himself back into form if that's what the point of the exercise was. But I do think that he still looks a little bit out of form. My theories that he was fantastic in this game, don't agree with those. Not sure who was how that was seen by people. Um, Dan Hall, though, um, there's a song for this. All we want is a team of Daniel Halls because <laughs> as a right back, then he was the next best thing to Lewis Miller, to be honest. And by the just before half time, he starts making these step overs just outside the box, their box. <laughs> it's like, who is this guy? He even had a shot in the second oh, half, didn't he? Yeah, uh, and he had, I so wanted him to score. Yeah. 
I so wanted him to score. It was a left footer, I think, and oh, um, and it was a great rifled. shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I couldn't, I, did, I can't knock a thing that Dan did, but um, it was a little bit weird, and especially given that the the pattern has been for Lewis to be replaced by Storm. Um, so yeah, I, it reminds me though we miss Lewis Miller. Just going to put that there. Um, he's been fantastic for us, and we missed him in this game. And I'm also going to say I think we missed um, uh, Young Maresh. He just provides some sort of spark up there field. at times. Oh, I, I'm sorry, but I'm um, I'm still in his fan club, and, uh, and I might to be honest. Yeah, when I think about Marco's contribution, I know he's the one who's probably getting the bucks, but um, uh, Maresh, um, yeah, I think he deserves his chance to show that he can give that quality because he has been good to me. I've I've, I've seen a lot of Ruan praise and a fair bit of Hall praise that. Right back. I'm not. I'm not quite on board. All of that. I thought. Absolutely loved Dan Hall. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was a little bit fifty-fifty. I thought he grew into it yeah. as the game sort of went on. Um, I'm. I, I've seen a bit of everyone love around, and I'm sorry, but I'm still not seeing it for me. He. He. Yes, he. Yes, he did a few things. His strength in there at centre back is more than valuable. Um, I mean, for me, watching the replay and obviously. Also being there and sort of trying to keep a bit of an eye on him, his body language still looks horrible to me. He he still looks like he does not want to be there. Then we have to talk about the goal. I was about to say, geez, didn't he cop a serve and then some? Yeah, and it felt like they'd been building for weeks from poor Birgitte. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. I'm sure if anyone hasn't watch the replay that was there, watch the replay and listen to the audio uh, after they score. Because to me, it's like this whole conversation has probably been had in the squad. Because I, you know, I assume that's how they speak is that, you know, XYZ needs to do better, blah, blah, blah. And it was a, it was a very, very much a bent of frustration towards mm. Ruan that he once again didn't do what was required on of him in that one-on-one battle. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm still not seeing it. For me, Dan Hall goes straight back into centre back. Yep. Lewis Miller comes straight back into right back, and if he's not ready, starts storm. Can't really argue with that. That that yeah, um, we won't be worse. No. I'd, I'd start James Bayless at right back personally, but also we would chat. Yeah, didn't didn't do anything wrong in his minutes. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. you know just closing the game out. Really, he came on in in the center of the park, uh, which I don't think I've ever seen him play in the center of the park. I've seen him play exclusively at right back or left back um, for the academy. But um, he's another player who has a bit to offer, and hopefully we see a bit more of him um, as the months and years progress. Yeah, I, I think I think the last sort of fifteen twenty minutes, yes, were an absolute grind and a half, but. <laughs> Said before, hopefully mentally, this is a good thing. Um, we, you know, we scored one really good goal uh, that was because of some good up play um, and some, and because of some good play by uh, arguably our two best players in the last maybe three weeks or so. Um, when you look across the squad, I think Libizanic is a bit out of touch at the moment. I think, uh, I think if 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 he gets to, we know he can do. That midfield with Niz, who's being, you know, sort of what Niz actually does is just play at 100% each game. <laughs> He's, you know, making a few little mistakes in there. Um, but, you know, I think so is everyone. And, you know, for someone that hasn't played too much in the position, 
lately. Um, I think, you know, we, we saw probably on the weekend what you can add to that. So, you know, I think we solved the Oli issue. You know, maybe we solved the Marco issue. We solved the Muller issue. And it's not necessarily that, you know, they all come out and someone else has to come back in. It's just it's a bit of a readjustment, I think, for the Muller thing. Um, if he's going to stay in that position, yeah, he, he needs to play very differently. Um, and, you know, for Bizanic and for Marco, it's just to try and, you know, sort of maybe find the form that was there towards, was there sort of last season or right at the very start of this season. So I think it's it's, it's hard to look at the table right now and like, oh, we're still right down the bottom because I don't really feel like we deserve to be there. I know, I know, you know, most of the time this table doesn't lie, but I feel like conceding the 90th minute was it four games in a row, um, being stitched up by the refs in the city game, and that it, it yes, obviously, some of it is on us, but um, it's a bit of it's a little bit of the luck of the draw needs to go our way, and I think we've got plenty to improve on. One player hasn't been mentioned and doesn't need to be mentioned because he's just machine-like, which is Kai Rolls. Done the same thing as he's been doing for a long time now, which is pretty much almost perfection. Mr. Dependable. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know um, where the referee found seven minutes of injury time, though. I won't you know, <sighs> blow up about refs, but there just wasn't seven minutes of injury time. So, so that felt a little bit like playing into the um, our history of leaking goals very late, um, as if you know there was some kind of thing going on there to help us along that path. Um, but, yes... Uh, I was still in, still in shock because we we got the radio call um, from from the guys down on the ground and uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, Chris to Pete, there's going to be six minutes of time added on, and I was like, uh, Did you say six? Just just <laughs> can you confirm six? He's like, Yes, yeah, six, like the one after five before seven. I'm like, Ah, okay. So the board goes up, and I'm still trying to figure it out, and the announcement comes over the tannoy. The fourth official has indicated there will be a minimum of six minutes of time added on. Niz <laughs> was injured, you know, briefly, but certainly not more than a minute for, yeah. for me. And no, then we had substitutes, and so yeah. substitutes is going to add another three minutes. So maybe there was four minutes there. Faz sat down twice during injury time, um, so I was prepared to make it five. But yeah, ended they, ended up, they ended up playing seven and a half. half. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> It just baffling. doesn't exist. It's yeah, it's baffling. Three minutes for the subs, and then another three and a half minutes because we're wearing yellow and blue. So. Because this is the Coast Conspiracy <laughs> Podcast. Um, I mean, you know, if if Brisbane are up two one at that point in time, there's two minutes of time added on at most. <laughs> like it. Just to round, <laughs> just to sort of go full circle here. We talk about the uh, Colo's game management in the last sort of couple of minutes. Yes, the ball in the corner again. It's, and he did the same thing against the Wanderers as well when we were 1-0 up very late on, which led to the Bazanic free kick. Yes, yes. Um, Once again, a ball goes over the top, I think, and he sort of set up. He could go to goal. He could have been across, whatever. Goes straight to the corner and somehow manages to keep it in the corner for it must have been two and a half minutes or something. So, And then won another corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, just, just very smart play, um, which, yes, more, more, more please. It's those massive legs. It's only him and Matty Simon that can get away with that stuff. Like no one can, no one can get near the ball because he's, he's they're miles away from the ball. The crowd's closer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, to wrap that one up, fuck the hoodoo. Exactly. Jam it. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. You boys come up with a good question. So joining us this week on the Coast Football Ramble Podcast, it is the man himself, of course, goal-scoring elite, Benny Ancololo. Benny, how are you, my friend? Hey, mate. I'm very good. And you? Oh, we're all we're all so good. All still buzzing after a great result on Saturday night, which we'll get into in just a moment. But firstly, we'll kick things off with a couple of quickfire questions, as we always do on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. Benny, firstly, your your sauce. Do you keep your sauce in the fridge or in the cupboard? My sauce in the fridge. Oof. Oof. Okay. <laughs> I told I told you Benny was good. Nobody, nobody listens to me, but that's where I keep my sauce. Benny, there is no other place. Don't listen to them; they've got no yeah, idea. Yeah, uh, I'm a cupboard guy, but each to their own. You know, I'll give you I'll give you a pass after the last three games, mate. That's all right. Um, second second quick fire question: Who is better? Who is the goat? Is it Lionel Messi or is it Matt Simon? Mm. Matt Simon, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> On fire. Matt, Matt Simon is a ghost. He's a goat. <laughs> of course he is. So how long did it take you to uh, get comfortable once you arrived in Australia, Benny? For feel comfortable here? Or honestly, it's very, very quickly because uh, all, all the people here, the, the, they was good uh, with, with me. You know, so with uh, my adaptation, it was very, very easy because uh, the boys of the team was very good. The coach, uh, the fans. Uh, uh, everyone so it was uh, very quickly and how are you enjoying life so far in Australia uh, Benny and uh, also on the central coast um, what were your sort of first impressions of our club our setup and our stadium if I enjoy the life in Australia yep. yeah yeah it's very it's very I think for me it's very good place for living you know for living is very good place is very it's very beautiful and uh, the, the the weather is very good, but this week is raining. But usually, is a uh, is very good weather. And about uh, about football, yeah, I, I like the football here. We played in the we have chance we play in the in the good stadium, and uh, I love the the Central Coast Stadium too. So just uh, on that, the weather. Um, I uh, do some volunteer work at the stadiums on A-League days and it was very humid. I was very hot. How hard was it on uh, in this last game? Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, it was very hot, but it was not the, the, the worst. I think uh, the worst is maybe the, um, start, the game start of the season. It was more more difficult because it was more it was more hot, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Benny, tell us a little bit about how the move to the Central Coast Mariners came about. How did it happen? What did that look like? Uh, it's my um, my I worked with my uh, with my agent, and uh, my agent uh, talked with um, with the coach, with the gaffer, with uh, Nick Montgomery, and they talked together. They my agent sent uh, some 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 clips. Of me, and yeah, after this, uh, the the coach liked my my uh, my profile, my uh, he liked my uh, my clips, and uh, we talked together. He explained me uh, explained me uh, some things about the 
about Australia, about the league, how he how he works in the in the club, and yeah, after uh, after a few few meetings, few discussion, that's it. And I'm I sure you, you, you yeah. probably you probably saw a photo of the stadium and and thought, yeah, I'd like to play there. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> when I saw the stadium, I said, yeah, I want to play there. <laughs> Very good. But Benny, you started the season really well, and then you picked up a really bad ankle injury. How is it now? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, now is now is finished. My ankle is good, and now I feel um, I feel really really better. I feel uh, fit, and yeah, now we now is better. So you have three games, uh, three goals in three games, and uh, you're starting each game, and uh, you really you're making a big impact in the team at the moment. So, what do you put your current really good form down to? Is it settling in, or is it um, uh, just a, the environment getting used to it? Uh, how come you're going so well at the moment? Um, I. I think it's just is uh when when you work hard in, in training every day and uh yeah I have uh I have I have chance to to score one goal and I think after this you feel you feel confident and uh when you feel confident and you feel good in the team you just you 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 play good and you feel good on the pitch and you want uh you want to do your best for for help your your team and yeah that's that's what that's uh, this I I try to to do uh, every day and every game. How uh, important was the win on the weekend after a bit of a hard month before that, losing the cup final and then we lost a couple of other games. Um, how good was that win on the weekend? Yeah, it was very very important for us because before we we lost uh, three games in a row and uh, we played well, but. We lost three games, and yeah, we we have to 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 win this game about against uh, against uh, Brisbane, and we won, and yeah, it's very very it's very important one for for us, and we needed this uh, these three points. Oh, absolutely, and the fans needed the three points as well. I know that uh, everyone I've spoken to has been. Pretty, uh, pretty happy with the results. Now, Benny, I understand that you you live with uh, with Dan Hall and Cy Goddard, who we've had on the show in the past. Um, Cy, his claim is uh, that he does all the cooking for the household. What do you think his best dish is? Oh, for sure, it's the chicken pasta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is is this best meal for sure? Yeah, hundred percent. He's a good cook, yeah. is he? Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah, Cy is a good cook. Yeah, but wow. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Best meal, best meal, hundred percent chicken pasta. So it's not Sometimes. even a big claim. I thought he was making big claims, but he can cook. We might have to head over there for a feed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a uh, we've had a couple of questions come in over on Instagram. Uh, one from a big fan of the show. His name is Noah Smith. Uh, you might have met Noah once or twice, I think. Um, Noah asks Benny, where did you learn to dance so well? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think uh, I I watched too too much uh, too many movies of uh, of dancing. So <laughs> I, I think it's this. Yeah, like step up, step up to the streets. Yep, yep, very good. Um, and uh, James over on Instagram, he asks uh, Benny, do you have a favorite song or any particular pregame sort of pump up music that you listen to? 
not really, but this time before games, I, I listen uh, Spanish uh, Spanish songs with uh, with my friends Marco Urena. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very good. Nice. I just wanted to ask you something a bit off the cuff here, which is, um, uh, what do you think of my French? Parlez-vous français? It's <laughs> <laughs> not. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. So looking ahead to Wednesday, of course, Benny, a, a short turnaround. How are you feeling in the lead up to the game uh, this coming Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday is, uh, I think it will, is, it will be a massive game against uh, Melbourne Victory. And uh, yeah, like, like every game, we, we, we want to win this game and we will do the best for, for winning these games against, uh, against uh, Melbourne Victory. Love to hear it. I'm sure you will. And we're all definitely looking so much to seeing you out there once again, hopefully to make it four goals in four appearances uh, for yourself there, Benny, continue that rich vein of goal scoring form. You're absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, and uh, mate, I'm loving, loving your work out there. Benny and Kalolo, thanks again for joining us this afternoon on the Coast Football Ramble podcast. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on. And uh, like I said, looking forward to seeing you again on Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for being with us, Benny, and thanks for coming to the club and um, uh, have a listen to us from uh, the other side of the fence because I hope you're hearing some of the things like Benny, 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 Benny. I love this song. We love it too. Well played, lad. Thanks again, Benny. Thanks. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye. Ciao. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. 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 Just look at it. Sometimes you just have to look at it. And looking ahead to what we've got in front of us, of course, a short turnaround uh, as we play host once again to the Melbourne Victory. Geez, we can't get away from these guys. Uh, it's what, three times in the last three weeks we played them? It is, and uh, they're a tough team to crack, and I think they're a better team than the first time we took them on, if I'm honest. Um, they found more form than I think they had, um, and they will be difficult. Uh, hopefully, they don't want to play at uh, Wednesday 5 o'clock. I don't want to play Wednesday 5 o'clock either, to be honest, but um, hopefully it's them. Um, D'Agostino looks really good in this last game. Mm. Um, we, though, I felt, put it on them a bit in the FFA Cup. Okay, we didn't get the result, but um, I, I do think that we pushed them around a little bit and at least gave an okay account of ourselves against them. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game. That's for sure. They're a great side, well-coached, well-organised, and um, and, and uh, D'Agostino being that clinical is going to be hard to stop if we're not clinical ourselves. So let us hope that um, we can. I'd like to see um, Cummings be the you know catalyst for um, sending us home happy. Can we talk about this whole five o'clock Wednesday bullshit? Yes. What you actually want to get me started on that, Boise? <laughs> I, I, I kind of do want to wind up the uh, what were those things called? Jack wind up. Box. Yeah, that one. The moss in the box. That's what. That's what you're like. Yes, let's call that for now. Thank you, the Moz in the Box. Wind up the old Moz in the Box and then let it go because I get stadium availability and, you know, all the COVID. And I, I understand all that. But 5 o'clock on a Wednesday and then to have Wellington-Newcastle game after us, the same ground, it just does not compute. 
I'm sorry. I'd say it's fair to say that weekday games on the Central Coast, being a commuter town, even though there's a fair bit of working from home these days, um, has never been great for us. So the idea that we would then move it two hours forward at a time when people are finishing two hours away, um, that just beggars belief. And, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with one or two people who responded to my whinging about it um, along the lines that, um, you know, the pitch might be um, rough after a first game and Newcastle and Phoenix can have that or whatever, but you don't organise a kickoff on that basis, on the basis that there's going to be an East Coast low and, you know, 4,000 millimetres of rain is going to fall on the stadium. That just isn't... It's got nothing to do with the issue. The issue is who schedules a game at that time, which is clearly doomed to failure in terms of a crowd. Um, so, yeah, I, I just can't think of anything. Can anyone think of any reason um, for that? Yeah, I can give you I can give you three letters. A-P-L. I was, yeah, was going to say, I've got some reasons, but as we try to keep it as PG as we can, uh, <laughs> maybe cannot say them out loud. Well, look, I did write something that is along the lines of why is everything in the A-League so shite? And um, so I won't start on that because that I also followed on with there's probably an entire podcast in its own right and maybe we'll yeah. even do that at some point not too far down the track. But, yeah, they keep serving up. It's like the rich get richer and the poor get the ditches because <laughs> it's just over and over again. They can't referee us intelligently. We... <laughs> the the yeah I'll I'll just bore you with the small list. The app's rubbish. Paramount's rubbish. Um, the A League is poorly organised. They trawl out things like um, minimum viable product um, and expect us to think that that's a good thing. It's just, I'll stop now. But yeah, the, I can't think of a single thing that's going right. And when you've got people who as rusted on as as we are who are questioning their interest in the sport and, and in the game and wondering what it's all about, then you've got a big problem. And to be ignoring it and fending it off on Twitter or wherever, that's just ignorance or worse. It's a good moz in the box. I like it. Bang. It's been a minute since we've had a proper Moro rant. That's, uh, that's solid. I can't wait for our State of the Game podcast. This is going to be uh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Um, moving away from absolutely atrociously shit scheduling and <laughs> uh, baffling decisions, let's have a quick look at the game itself. Moz, I know that you have unpacked it, said it's going to be a tough one. I don't disagree. Um, but I am feeling slightly more confident than I was about the trip down there. It comes at the right time to keep crapping on. Um because we have found this little bit of form. Form meaning we managed to get to 90 minutes and we were still in front. So, <laughs> so and Benny, he's on fire, so I won't be surprised with anything that he delivers in this game. Um, and same with Cummings um, and one or two others. But um, So you're right, Pete. I, I do think that we're a better side now, and but, but I do think that we'll need to be at our 100%. So that will mean that we'll need Lewis Miller back. We will need to have uh, all of the options available that we, that we have in the team. So... Even looking at the table, um, Sydney have played 16 games. Uh, they're on 18 points in sixth spot, whereas pretty much everybody below them, which obviously includes us, um, has played either 13 or 14, and the Knicks on 12. It's it's a big three points in terms for the table too, because I feel like it's going to be a bit of top four 
also it's still relatively early but obviously but i feel like the top four or so might be kind of rusted on and it's going to be sort of that fifth and sixth spot for who gets into the final and if if we can we can snag three points here and obviously start to create a bit of a gap from the bottom would be nice um and and slowly start to make the most of the couple of games in hand because we but in February, um, that would be nice. But yeah, I mean, victory always a tough position, except for that one game where we smashed them at home. Uh, outside of that, every time we play Melbourne, I get a bit nervous. So I'm, I, I will say one nil win to us because screw it. You're actually more confident than than I than I uh, was going to go with my prediction because <laughs> in spite of saying that I was confident, it was confident by way of comparison to the last couple of results we've had against them. Uh, I'm going one all. Yeah, I was going to go one all draw. I'm with you on that, Pete. <laughs> I, love your, I love your efforts though there, Boise. That's uh, what we want to hear and I hope it happens, but um, they're a great side. And uh, But what better way to start to march away from the bottom than to knock over one or two of the teams at the top? Of course, uh, next weekend, travelling away to Western Australia, off to Perth for the first time this season, Sunday the 13th of March, of course, uh, 7.05, I should say, our time, uh, which is a nice little lead or lead off, I should say. We've also got some academy at Plume Park on Sunday, Arvo. You see the return of Plume Park. I... It wasn't in the run sheet. I nearly forgot it. But how could I forget? Four o'clock kickoff. Oh, we're back, baby, against St. George. Return of the best league in the world, thank you. Oh, that's fantastic. The New South I, Wales League One men's is the best league in the world, and I will not hear a word about <laughs> a, another word about it. <laughs> that that comes as such a nice surprise, Pete. I am not across that. I'm not even across the A League draw. I don't know where you find out how the A League draw works. So, <laughs> so, so, so I'll, give you, I'll give you I'll, a hint. It doesn't. <laughs> no, I, I I thought they had an app, but I couldn't find it um, in there. Um, but yeah, no, looking forward to that. Now that you guys mentioned that, that that's real football with um, you know real parochial crowds and all of that stuff. So yeah, good times there. Of course, if you um, can't get down to Plume Park, this one will be broadcast live on NPL.tv. All football New South Wales League One men's games will be streamed live on NPL.tv this year. So no matter where you are, you can keep on top of all the latest for the Central Coast Mariners Academy and the entire League One men's. Can't wait. I hope of course parks in, in better <laughs> nick than it was last Thursday when I went down there. There's a thunderstorm and there's about three inches of water running across it uh, during that. So it looks in good nick, but um, there's a lot of water on the Central Coast at the moment and uh-huh. uh, getting worse. In fact, uh, I have to say Wednesday night, could be at risk still. Yeah, I wouldn't be entirely surprised. But, of course, moving back to the A-League, uh, where we travel to Perth this Sunday, 10th the 11th, as it currently stands, not taking into account whatever might happen on Wednesday. Fellas, how are you feeling about that one? Depends which Perth turns up, I reckon. Um, I think we've got their measure um, if we play at our best. Um, and we don't have any referee debacles. And we make good subs. And we don't panic with 10 minutes to go. So, yeah, that's a lot, I know, for me to Ooh, ask. A lot of caveats there. Yeah. Yeah. Earth are a weird one. Can't quite make out if they're good or not. <laughs> no. It's probably, the best, it's probably the best way to put it. I mean, you look at their squad on paper, then you score with you know, Fauna Rolly in it. Uh, you would have to assume it's quite dangerous. Um, and then, you know, you look at the back four, like I think last time when we played them, 
who are praising old Daryl Latchman uh, quite hard. He's uh, been pretty good for them at the back. Then you look at the game uh, today against Adelaide and they just couldn't really do much. I, I, I don't know. It's, they've, I think they've also got some good kids um, in their squad. Steins, who's against us. Uh, Simmons, who I think has been really good. Um, but yeah, it's it's all depends about what the team turns up. I think you're right, Miles. But, um, first, first proper away trip for quite some time for our boys. So it'll be interesting to see how they pull up, how they manage it. But I I am quietly confident about this one as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, should have beaten them last time at home. Uh, ended up being quite cagey and just woeful in the final third, but I think we'll get this one done 2-1 in a reasonably comfortable performance. Before we, of course, travel back out to the Midwest region, uh, Mudgy away against MacArthur on the 19th of March. Mujay. We will, of course, catch up again before that one, uh, before we try and unpack that one there. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. I love you. No homo. It is, of course, that time of the week where we answer your questions. And as always, thank you all so much for all the submissions coming across the various forms of social media there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the ccmfans.net forum. Starting things off this week with Dave Bloom. I hate you. Uh, Dave Bloom is back with Murray, Boink, or Cut with a twist. Uh Marry, boink, or cut from the podcast. So our options are Aaron Morrow, Pete Pryor, Josh Howe, Luke Boyce-Taylor. And, of course, you can't marry, boink, or cut yourself. So Why does it say that? <laughs> it's the rules. I don't make them. Um, oh, oh, no. <laughs> That's ruined me right because, there. I mean, like with all the people that do tell me to go and boink myself all the time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it probably please a lot of people. But uh, I'm going first. I was so going to let, the way. Gonna let the old guy go, see? <laughs> been around long enough. <laughs> You've had a good run. Come out to the pasture, Moz. See you, mate. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Um, I'm just getting mine out of the way. Um, I'm 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 marrying Moz. I think that uh, that life would be quite wholesome. Um, also, uh, sugar daddy. Um, Boise, I think, would be a good wild ride there. Um, and uh, so is Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're out. <laughs> He's not here, so I can say that. Yes. Well, having had my plans ruined, then I'm going to have to cut Josh or no, sorry, kill Josh because uh, he's not here and he can't smash me up for that. And um, I'm no, I'm no maths competitor, so I'm going to have to agree to Pete's um, uh, opportunity for marriage, which leaves <laughs> Boise. <laughs> I'd say it like that. Ooh, Boise. <laughs> it was the eyes, too. It was the eyes. I can't work I out if they scare me or if they turn me on. Yeah. So apparently that leaves me cut. <laughs> oh, um, I usually am pretty cut, by the way, most podcasts. <laughs> this is oh, weird. That's different. That is weird. Bloomy, stop it. Well, poor Josh is going to have a rough day. Um, <laughs> see you later. Uh, yes, I agree with Pete. The sugar daddy uh, life with Moz sounds quite good. Um, and... It, me and you. All right, let's get it out of the way. Um, let's get it over with. Welcome to Up Late with the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. <laughs> let's move it, off Bloomy. that one as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, some men just want to watch the world burn, don't they, Bloomy? Um, 
Anyway, Scotty McGee this week over on Facebook. Can you guys try and explain to me the whole Farrell Smith left back, left wing thing when we have Goddard on the bench? It makes no sense to me. Still loving Nizzy in the middle with Boz. I cannot get enough. Uh, also, Pete, I owe an apology to Benny as well. I was also guilty of trash talking. Um, I think we touched on the Faz Smith thing. I think we, we can't explain it. solve it and not do it. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, we we have nothing for that. So you're on to something, Scotty. But um, yeah, Scotty, I'll what 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 I might do is organise a standalone apologise to Benny Pod, uh, where we just get all of the um, uh, all of the Benny doubters and knockers on uh, to uh, just go through a whole apology. As I said, I've got that fifteen hundred word document written up so far, and that's just me. So looking forward to seeing what everyone else comes up with. Jarks Michael on Facebook. I reckon this is easily our best squad on paper since Arnie left and we are significantly underperforming. Do you agree? And if so, is this highlighting Monty's lack of technical, technical nausea and experience? Uh, he goes on to say that he's happy to reserve judgment until the end of the season and give some time for the lads, Gel and Monty, to get more first grade games under his belt. But he'll be very disappointed if we are bottom three with the squad that we have. I'm not going to absolutely agree with the premise of the question or the subject there because I'm not certain it is our best squad on paper since the Arnie squad. Um, we have had players who potentially, you know, our Vout Brahma, um, Tommy Yardia, um, even Asdrabal before the um, bicycle kick uh, showed signs of being, having potential, a word <laughs> I love to use. So, so I'm not sure it is the best squad but it's a decent squad um and yeah i'm going to reserve judgment too while monty gets his opportunity to um you know uh, set his feet in the ground um but um yeah i do think that he's got some work there to do and he probably knows that that there's and and he hasn't got a it's a, not an easy job when you've got as much youth in the side as we have because the, what do you find that's hard to get into youth consistency and that is probably where we're struggling the most with consistency so so yeah, fingers crossed that he can he can get there. Oh, I think he can. I'm going to back him. Yeah, I, I'd I'd have to agree. I I I don't think it's a squad on paper, but only because the day before the season started, we didn't know that Jacob Frail was going to end up, you know, sort of having the impact that he had, or that Encolado the last few weeks would have the impact that he had. So I, I think. Hang on, you and I did, Boise. Just putting that there. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I'm speaking for Pete here. Um, <laughs> Uh, based on what we've seen up until this point, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be pretty disappointed if we don't make the six. Uh, purely because of some of our good performances, we've obviously had a good win against Newcastle, good win against Sydney, good win against the Wanderers, and we've we've been more than competitive. You know, probably the only game where we weren't really competitive was the three-one loss at home to City. And again, that was only a couple of things where it was probably down to, like you said, more was probably down to the whole consistency thing. You know, Farrell not cracking at the back post and that sort of stuff, which led to some um, softish goals that we conceded. But the, the results, although incredibly frustrating, conceding in the 90th minute each game, uh, not like we've been losing eight to every week. So it's it's I think I think we've obviously shown that we can compete with just about every team in the league. Um so I yeah, like we said earlier, if we if we fix those few little things, um yeah, I'll be pretty disappointed if we don't make six. 
Sarah Ellen on Facebook, uh, has it been a completely mental thing that we are awash with bad luck? Hence, we seem to be waiting for the gauntlet to drop when we are in front. If so, what will it take to start believing in uh, themselves again and holding strong? Also, not to harp on about Melbourne City, but we've had nothing but silence since that game. Um, we've had no update on Sean Evans or an explanation of any sorts. Oh, goodness gracious me. Um, let's start with the Sean Evans thing. It didn't get a game the round after the Melbourne City game and didn't get a game again on the weekend. It has been very quiet, though, from uh, Football Australia. If I'm honest, I don't want an update on that, Muppet. Um, <laughs> like, there's no update that can you know, take away any of the, you know, complete ridiculous way that he uh, interacts with our side, probably all of the sides that he referees. Um, I think we probably did lodge the official complaint about him or maybe about the process in general or both. Um, but um, in terms of explanation, yeah, unless the explanation comes with a replay of the game or three points, then I don't even know if I want to hear that. I'm isn't I'm ever going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keen to move on from it, to be honest, because yeah. that is up there with the most debacleless things I've seen in world football. Just because I love, I love shit staring you. Um, did you know something I found out today? Sean Evans actually won Australian Referee of the Year in 2018-19. Let that <laughs> was sink that, in. Was, was Sean Evans the, the main uh, uh, chooser of that award? Or? <laughs> because I'm pretty sure he's the president of the Sean Evans fan club. I voted for him. seriously i'm i really no just no to that any of it none of it all of it (laughs) help help me boise i need something i i don't have any words about current refereeing situation because this is what they'll do they won't announce anything and then all of a sudden he'll pop up again in a couple of weeks and we game and that's what will happen whereas if if kind of announced something more official uh about someone being stood down because they not uh, perform to the expectation that is required, fans would not be as annoyed. But plus, here we are, um, and that won't happen. So, even after the whole, it's a completely separate thing. But after the Kurt Ames game on the weekend, where he missed three clear red cards, they are as well didn't pull it up. I, I don't have any words about ring. Oh, you'll also like this. Kurt Ames is going to be refereeing in the uh, Football New South Wales leagues this season as well. I can't get away from him. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait for him to come. To, I can't wait for him to come to Plume Park. Uh, yell free kick Adelaide for ninety minutes. <laughs> uh, over to Lee Cooper on Facebook. Uh, two things uh, that Lee has noticed. Uh, sometimes we start slow when it takes conceding a late goal before we press for another one. Um, but also when we're in front by one, we invite we invite pressure by sitting back and playing negative football. Uh, was. Eight minutes in total of running to the corner flag on the weekend. Sure, we won, but the boys should be allowed to back themselves and score another. Lads, thoughts? Can't really disagree with much of that, to be perfectly honest, because it has appeared to be the case at times. I and mean, we, we, to some extent, have invited that pressure and even invited the pressure by putting players out there who are the type of players that fit into a back six. Um and I felt like we were playing a back six at times late in the game on the weekend. In fact, I'd be pretty right in saying that it looked like we had six in a very straight line 
Um, so yeah, I, I I do think so, but I guess you know, hopefully, as we've discussed earlier, hopefully this can be a, a sort of a, a point of change for us, and we can move forward with a, a bit of uh, confidence that we can get through those moments. If we're two goals up, I'm more than happy to go ahead and push for a third and not to back and sort of rest on that lead because it invites the pressure like we have done in the last month. And that's exactly what happened on the weekend. We went 2-0 up and then we just, whether it was the substitutes, whether it was an actual game plan, whether it was just a mental thing, I'm not sure. But we definitely started to go back into our sort of shell a little bit. Um, when we're one goal up, more than happy for some corner flag shithousery uh, to waste time. I would say one thing there, when we got the second goal, then to me what happened over the next five or ten minutes is we progressively got worse at staying compact. So what we found was that the distance between our deepest player and our highest player was longer, and it, and when they played on the transition, then our players weren't able to recover quickly enough to stay compact. So maybe that's what Monty thought that we could change, um, but... Yeah, if we are going to do that, then um, maybe we can't sort of play on with the attacking play if we're not able to recover quickly enough when they transition. Sort of ties into what Johnny Needham says on Facebook as well. Johnny says, to me, we're still too shaky in the final 20 minutes. It seems we go all out in attack trying to win or seal the deal, and it leaves us being caught on the counter. Do we need to be more ruthless and clinical from the get-go? Otherwise, what has to change? Yes, we need to be more ruthless and clinical. We need to finish opportunities like the shot that Marco had outside the box, the shot that uh, Jason had on the edge of the box, um, the shot that Jason should have had when Benny made the run and made the cross um, that uh, Sookie Neville cleared. Um, those are the moments where we needed another goal. And when we're 3-0 up, then uh, you know Brisbane heads are probably down. I think, I think what we need to do is create more clear-cut sort of answers. You know, those two shots from outside the box from Marco and from Jason, they're, they're individual pieces of his scores. It's really all on him. We, we need a bit more of that quality sort of pulled up like we saw for Benny's goal, and that's when we'll start to put a few more away, I think. There's, 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 there's not a lot of, you know, triangles in and around the 18-yard box, or there's not a lot of passing the ball across you know, sort of the top of the 18-yard box this season. I feel like maybe last season there was a bit more. It's an interesting point you make there as well because Monty and Serge in particular, you look at the way their academy sides have set up and played over the last uh, last couple of seasons in particular. It's all been about high ball speed, high tempo, keep the ball moving, um, and those, that little link-up play, those triangles out wide, um, one-twos on the edge of the area setting up shots. Um, haven't seen as much of that this season as I thought we might have saw it a little bit more early on, I think. Um, but um, since, you know, since the the slide, I hate calling it the slide, but, you know, it's what it was for a little while there. Um, it seems to have dropped off a little bit. And maybe, maybe it's a confidence thing. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. There's, I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect between the middle of the park for us and up top where we're having to see what we did on the weekend where Cummings dropped, you know, almost a halfway, really, to pick up the ball and to give that assist for Benny. And that, although that was great, and if he does that more, then it's all good, but um, we won't be able to do that every game. And we, we need to be able to 
pressure on teams and keep the ball in their final third uh, and to knock it around that yard box and sort of try and create a bit more pressure because, it, yeah, there's not much of it, I don't think. That is true. We did dominate the play, I felt, in the first half, but we didn't really threaten directly other than those moments. And you're right, they were individual moments. Did we miss uh, Lewis Miller and the fact that he's prepared to try and go round his men and we didn't have an answer for that really? Um, uh, although, you know, Dan started to gain that as the game went on. We didn't have it on the left with the combination of Muller and, and Farrell and we didn't have it on the right. Um, and so is that the way we're trying to play the game now, that we, that we want to... You know, um, that's where we get our cut from. Four two three one. Four three two one. Four three two one. Sorry, yeah. Four three two one. Christmas tree baby all day. Um, Johnny, of course, also says uh, props to Benny for really listing, uh, lifting, I should say. Um, three from three is a huge effort. Uh, Cameron Oxley also says, how good is Benny at the moment? Pretty good. Um, Cameron Oxley says that he'd rather have Hall in the right back position as opposed to centre back because he thought he was more effective. Um, but going back to what you just said there, Moz, I think Lewis Miller, um, pacing power out wide at the moment, is definitely needed that directness, that positivity. As Ben Law was saying, where was Lewis Miller on Saturday? Uh, Lewis Miller was ill, unfortunately. Not the Roni as far as we're aware, uh, but uh, was a late scratching due to sickness will enjoy having him back because he has been a real revelation this year. Um, and maybe we've tried to do it differently and maybe Jason Cummings coming, you know, during the season as opposed to before it has disrupted our ability to get cohesive work in the front third. Um, and maybe it's going to take a little time for that to settle in. But, but yeah, we, we really miss Lewis. William Brown, uh, are Cummings and Benny the best duo in the league? What are your thoughts? They have a more iconic duo. I'll wait. Can't. <laughs> I don't know if I'd quite go that far just yet, but I hope that's what I'm saying by the end of the season. Yeah, I'm loving it so far. (laughs) And my favourite Scotsman. Scotsman come Aussie. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And of course, Tyson Paisley, who is the better Frenchman? Is it Fred Giono or Benny Ancololo? I mean, come on. (laughs) It's like like asking the Messi or Matt Simon question. We all will know the answer. But no one wants to say it, is it? <laughs> 100% Benny. I've told Fred to his face I like Benny more than him. That's fine. Oof, no wonder he doesn't talk to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not um, getting in that. That's, that's a good question, Tyson. like it a lot. <laughs> Moving very quickly over to the ccmfans.net forum. True believer on the forum. Do we need to acquire a monster for holding midfield to counter our lack of physicality? Uh, or do some of our kids maybe need to spend some more time in the weight room? I think Boise will know what I'm about to say here, but we do have a monster in the midfield. Um, uh, he's not that tall, but he's certainly a monster. Yeah, I think sort of like I, like I sort of alluded to before, I think Danny's a little bit out of touch at the moment. Uh, he's giving the ball away a little bit. Some of his passes are not quite finding the mark. Um, still going okay defensively, uh, but... I think if he steps up and does a bit more of the dirty work and lets Niz do what Niz does, uh, I think the loss of Gianni will be felt much less. I think if Oz steps it up like he is, they're okay in the midfield. 
Uh, True Believer also goes on to say that uh, Ruan needs to stay at centre-back. I believe Dan Hall could play anywhere on the park. Are we better suited to Dan Hall at defensive midfield as he's already five minutes ahead of the game? As we've already said, Dan Hall can play anywhere he wants. Um, Start him up top next week, I think, maybe. Um, Partnership with uh, with the cum dog. Yeah, I I don't disagree with Dan Hall playing in any position at all. Um, but I'm not, yeah, I, I, I feel like Dan needs to be back at centre back. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. It goes yeah. back in there for me. Um, this sort of ties in with what P Jennings says on the forum. Do you care to comment on, um, on all the love for Dan Hall from the podcast boys? Maybe Niz is feeling a little neglected. He's only at about 85% of, uh, of how good he can be at the moment. He feels, um, Oh, geez, yeah. Well, I mean, should we t- turn it into the uh, into the newscast? Well, I was I was just gonna say, can we just make a one fan club for both and come up with a name so they yeah. feel equal amounts of love? I'm still I'm still absolutely all for having a um a, like a Niz watch section on the pod. Obviously, we we touched on it in the last episode. If you listen that long, uh, the the reality TV show of Niz and the Koals. Uh, which <laughs> I think we need we need to get some intel every week. So um, uh, definitely no no um, no lack of love for Niz here. That is for absolutely certain. The logo for this crew that is being talked about is Niz and Dan Hall chest bumping. The chest. Oh mate, oh, hang yes. it in the Louvre. Oh, what a yep. photo! Absolutely. Um, no, we love it. We love them both equally. We do, and that's a lot. Well, that is about it for us this week or from us this week on the Coast Football Ramble podcast, of course. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you guys, albeit virtually, uh, with all the crazy weather and Moz sounding very husky. Um, <laughs> Some people just want the world to burn. <laughs> it's not even the right quote, is it? I tried. <laughs> Michael Caine attempt. I tried. I've got the husk. I've got the husk. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Oh god! It sounds more like more like Arnie, actually. Can you, yeah, can you yeah. actually? Yeah, or could you say diplomatic immunity for me? Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> I think that was more African. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, I was thinking lethal weapon. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Lethal something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, uh, that's about as good a note as any to leave. (laughs) I think, fellas, any final thoughts or final words uh, before we wrap this one up? Hope to see you there at five o'clock, even though I probably know that uh, I won't for many of you. But, um, yeah, hope to see you there. It's the big week, five o'clock Wednesday, recover, fly to Perth on I don't know, fly out of Perth on maybe Saturday, I assume, and then long flight, the time difference, it, it's a big, uh, big set of five or six days for the boys. So fingers crossed we can make most of it, though. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're going to love yous and leave yous. We'll see you all very soon once again on the Coast Football Ramble. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again, and we'll see you next time. Love you, see you, bye. Well, what about well, what about this one? Moz is a douche. I thought that I thought that word douche might be a French word. <laughs> <laughs>